Hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Today, we have a very special guest, an author, a poet, and storyteller, Branch Azol, writes and speaks about the power of choice and consequence. Known worldwide, his contemporary short stories reveal issues and emotions often experienced but not always voiced. As a talk, radio, and podcast guest, Branch shares his how establishing balance in life, work, relationships, builds frameworks to support personal career and spiritual growth. Branch graduated from Texas State University, did post-grad work at University of Houston, and holds an Oxford Theology um, Master's degree from Trinity Bible College and Seminary. Well, hopefully that was a good enough introduction. How could have gotten better or was that on point? <laughs> that, that was, you did great. <laughs> so welcome to my podcast. Um, and how, what, how are you doing today? I'm well, my friend. Uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. And I definitely can tell you, you are also going to be on future episodes, but I want to dive into, I want to dive in. Um, what made you become a poet in the first place? What made you like a poet? What made you get into writing? Wow. I don't know. Any writer, any poet is not necessarily born that way. You know, it's a it's a skill and it's a calling, uh, just like people are are called to be firemen or EMTs or doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs. Uh, you know, the the writer gets uh, a feeling and a motive to put something down in words. Uh, usually, it's it's stories, you know, fiction or nonfiction out there and and poetry has been with us since the dawn of mankind it was it was the foundation of all of our storytelling back yep. when in caves you know talking about their lives and how to get through their lives so poetry's been with us for a very long time and, and there's a lot of poets out there but poetry's a literary form you know that's used a lot today and at least it's not read uh, people are, are kind of shy away from poetry but uh, believe it or not we're, we're all used to poetry it's it's the first rhyming cadence uh in words is introduction to reading you know in primers and in in uh and lyric most of those have a cadence or a rhyme to them. So poetry is with us as part of our daily life. A lot of times we just don't pick up poetry to read it. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I definitely can tell you I'm going to be uh, open and front with you. Uh, I loved poetry when I was in high school. Uh, I definitely can tell you it was hard writing poetry. Uh, which is, what kind of poetry is your favorite to write about? Like, what kind of styles? Well, you know, I, I write rhyming poetry, I write free verse, I write open, so it, it's not so much which style I write, it's, it's which style best fits trying to tell. And um, yeah. so that's, it, it just comes out, you know, the way it comes out best for the reader to understand what the lesson is, uh, what the 
is what exactly are we trying to communicate to the reader? And does does rhyming help? Does a special cadence help? Does open verse, free verse help? Uh, so you, you pick the style or you use the style that seems to relate and tell the story in the, in the most effective way. That's cool. Um, and so what else do you think? Uh, so what is your favorite poet? That What was your very first poem you ever wrote? You ever wrote? Well, the very first poem I ever wrote was uh, a, a story about someone lost at sea. And, and the kinds of things that would go through one's mind finally realized that your chances were probably uh, not rescued. So what kinds of things would you think about as you're up and down in the water? And um, so that was my first poem. So, I okay, that was... That's interesting. Like, what the first thing that, well, if I were lost at sea, the first thing that'd be coming to my mind is, uh, am I going to make it back home, or when's my next meal? <laughs> you know, <laughs> or 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 will you be the next meal? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and so, what's so who like? Is there like a certain inspiration that like when you sit down and you're like, okay. I have to like, is there a certain inspiration per poem that you have? Like um, when you write a poem, for instance, that uh, what's that poem called? That one by the sea? Uh, lost. Lost. At lost. Sea. Is there is there an inspiration behind that poem or do you just kind of write it out like a story behind it? Well, that's an interesting question, though. Inspiration from the events and the people that I come in contact with every day. I'll give you a good example. A lot of times I'll go into a coffee shop and sort of tune into the conversations and the physical gestures that people are making who are sitting around me. And that a lot of people today you know, speak in an elevated or louder voice than they might have in the past. Whether that's the technology causes us to talk louder or what it is. But but yeah, if you sit reasonable proximity to other people, you can usually eavesdrop or overhear what they're talking about. And you know, animals will show forest in nature are perfectly still somehow they blend into the background right and and you don't see them, you catch their movement and the same thing yeah. is true when i go to a coffee shop i'll sit there and be perfectly still and the people around me will be engaged in their conversation or their stories or whatever they're talking about or whomever they're talking about and they won't notice on around them as long as it's not moving and so I sort of hone in on conversations and, and get a gist of what they're talking about. And most people animate their conversations with physical gestures. So you have the emotion that's part of the conversation. And that's where I get my ideas from. A lot of people do. And that will give me a trigger point where I can sit down and, and start to write out a story, not necessarily what they were talking about, but the 
theme that I want to get across uh, has been triggered. I've seen or overheard. So is there a certain, like, is there a particular theme that's consistent through, like, your, I was kind of looking on your, um, your website, and I, I'm going to put the website in my link uh, after this podcast is done. But I was looking at uh, Barking Geckos. Now, is there, like, so that's kind of the observations you make, or is that, like, the most recent book that you have, or the poem? No, that's actually my very first poetry book, uh, Barking Geckos. Okay, and can you explain to like the listeners what's that like mostly about? Like what got, what inspired you to write that book or the poem? Well, well, looks like collection short stories or or poems about mm-hmm. adult life. I write for adults. I write uh, adult situations that people find themselves in. The themes of all of my poems, all of my stories are basically the same. Growth, personal responsibility, or personal responsibility, choice mm-hmm. and consequence, or seeking and searching for the truth. So those are the general themes that I'm I'm writing about. Reader can identify something in the story that applies to their life. And then hopefully, or they see the, or they see the moral or the ethical implication. So it's about growth, basically, and using different stories with different protagonists, different antagonists, different situations. That brings the story to life and gets the reader involved. But ultimately, so when they get done with the story, they can think back and, and go, "Gosh, I didn't." you know, think about it that way, or that was an ending act, but they start to relate to the story. And once they can relate to the story, then perhaps they can relate to the lesson or the theme that's being presented. And they can say, gee, maybe I can do this in my life. Yes. And um, that I can correlate because there's some books that I read or that I have read where afterwards I'm like, Man, how can I correlate with that in my life? One of the <clears throat> one of the bigger ones, or uh, the, one of the most profound books, and that I read like it's got to be my number one favorite would be the Bible, um, because the Bible is not only full of like poems and it's full of stories, but it's full of life applications, and it's also full of how can we apply it. Like you look at the Songs of David, uh, the Book of Psalms, very um, very well written, and it is just absolutely. Uh, hands down one of the best chapters for me because that's it's not only 150 psalms but it's all applicable to your life have you read the book of psalms i have what's your favorite chapter and what's your favorite chapter in psalms and why 118 okay and why is that why is that because that's yeah. the exact mi- that's the exact middle point of the bible it's the exact center point of the Bible. There's exactly the same number of chapters and verses before and after. It's a key pivotal point in reading the Bible. Can you explain on that a little bit more? Because I'm trying, I'm like speech, I'm like loss of words. <laughs> it's at the it's the midpoint of the story. Look, the Bible, but it's not a novel. 
right? Mm-hmm. It's a story about and who he is, he was, why he was here. The thing that makes the Bible so unique is it's about history. It's about people. It's, it's about our archaeology. It's about conflict. It's about love. It's about hate. It's about all the emotions and all the lessons all rolled into one. And both the book of Psalms and the book of Proverbs are short vignettes, and I mean short, that apply to our daily lives. Applied to people 2,000 years ago, they apply to us today. And that's what makes the Bible unique. Not only is it a story of Christ, but it's a story of us. And it's a story yes. of our relationship you know, with God, the Father, through the Son, through Christ. And the Spirit, as that third support of our life story, when we have that connection with all three, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, then we become spiritually grounded. And once we become spiritually grounded, the things of the Bible, the stories of the Bible, the Psalms, the Proverbs, become active and become real to us. We understand not only what they say, but what they mean to us, you know, in our daily life today. And that's the importance of the Bible. Uh, Psalm 119, 118 just happens to be the midpoint. That's, you know, that's something I've just remembered. I find an interesting trivial tidbit. That that is very interesting. And that's, um, so is there like, um, so I'm probably going to give you like 30 seconds or a minute to kind of, tell your testimony of like how you found how you started walking on the path or how you found accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Do you know how that came about like in a minute or so, like a watered down testimony for my listeners? Sure. Not a problem. I had three epiphanies. I had three epiphanies that got me on the path. Uh, Let me say, first of all, I grew up in a Christian household, but we weren't practicing Christians. I didn't know anything about Christianity. I didn't know anything about the book. Uh, we were what we we went Christmas and Easter, and that was our exposure. Yep. In a religious household. Uh, when I got out of college, I went to work in corporate America and sales and marketing. After that, I became an entrepreneur. And on my path, uh, I had an epiphany where the Lord came to me mm-hmm. and then said uh, he came to me again and showed me a, a passage in the Bible that allowed me to uh, understand what and then three years later he came to me and commissioned me to become a servant so over a 10-year period I, th- I had three interactions that got me up back on the path or started me on the spiritual path that led me to Christ and led Christ to me. That's awesome. And how's that now? How's now? How has that changed your life now? Looking back on like prior to those interactions, how did that like affect your life? Like, did you 
start attending church more? Did you find like a men's Bible study or how did that change your life? Or did you just kind of continue on with emotions like that most of us continue on? Well, all three of those things. I, I continued on because, you know, I was I was new on spiritual path. So I didn't understand what was happening or what I was supposed to do. That's always the big disconnect for new believers. Now I believe. Now what? Right. And yep. there, you know, where do I, start? what do I do? And a lot of times people, you know, think, well, I'll read the Bible. <clears throat> well, the Bible is not an easy book to get through, especially if you don't have any background. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's one stumbling. Uh, you know, we, we learn and we grow. And the more we walk the path, the more the Lord shows himself to mm -hmm. us. That the issue is we live in the world and we know who the prince of this world is and patience and the tests and the challenges that we face every day in our lives. And because the world is all we know, that's comfort is. So it's very difficult for us to leave or put aside the things of the world and mm -hmm. of the world and start on a spiritual path. One thing about, you know, Christianity and that spiritual path is it's not meant to be done in isolation. You're still yep. here in the world. You're, you're still trying to make a living. You're still trying to support your family or, or, and it needs, it needs to be a balance. And that's what spirituality is all about. It's about bringing a balance of the physical and the world and every day into a combination with the things that are outside of this world, you know, so it's, it's a combination of balance between our physical being and our spiritual being. And sometimes that's difficult to do because we're born into the world as a person and we grow up in a family and in a society, like I say, that's in, in, enmeshed in the things of the world, world. So in order to step outside of that world, in order to step off of the world's path, you have to make a concerted effort to start the spiritual walk. And, and so, again, the big question becomes, well, how do and what does that That's why it's important to understand how you do it and why we do it. Yeah. So what is one, so for an individual that's considering of, uh, studying, reading God's word, um, or is interested in reading the Bible, what is one chapter, or what do you recommend for them to start? Because I heard James, and I've heard like, uh, you know, people like starting in James, and I heard uh, starting like in Matthew or something like that. What do you recommend for a new believer? Sure. Here's what I recommend. First of all, like you said, you can pick up the Bible and start anywhere. Because that's yep. the kind of book it is. Whatever chapter you start in, it's going to be things and, you know, exposing you to lessons and, and relationships and all those things. But here's what I tell people who ask me, okay, I want to read the Bible. Where do I start? How do I get into it? First thing you do is you get a hold of a red letter edition. Red letter that has all of the words that Christ himself spoke printed in red. 
And what you do is you start at Matthew and you read Matthew, Luke. Those are the gospel books, the synoptic gospels in the. But when you start at Matthew, you only read the paragraphs that are in red or the sentences that are printed in red. You skip every red section and the next red section. Uh, people say, well, that's going to be confusing. But here's the point. When you read what Christ has to say to us, which he said to the people who walked with him and followed him 2,000 years ago, if you just read what he said, read the red letters, you will get the entire an understanding of who he was, why he came, what he was here to do, and what it means to you to have a relationship with him. You can do it real quickly. It's um, You can skip the black parts, the black print. When you get done with Matthew, what you're going to find is read a lot of the same kinds of stories with the same individuals, but it reinforces what the lessons he's trying to teach are. When you get done with those three books, then you read the book of John. Gospel book. You will have already read through John in the red letter parts. You read John, you know, from start to finish. And what the book of John is about, it, it as, as listeners and hearers of Christ, what his mission was about and what our relationship with him is about. And through him, the relationship with God the Father is about. And that's where I suggest people read the red letters, then go back and read the book of John. Then if you're still interested in going on in the book of Hebrews, because those two books, the relationship that man has with God from the Roman Empire era and the history of era the same it's a same time frame but you get the 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 jews view and the gen yep and that's um and so then in correlation with the new testament which uh which of the book is your favorite um chapter or which book in the new testament is your favorite john is john. it because is it because there's so much history? Con- why is that? Because of history content, or is more relatable to your life? Well, it is what a relationship with God is through Jesus Christ. You know, the whole Bible and New Testament is all about Jesus Christ, and because He's the focus of the story and the focus of the book. And he becomes the focus of the believer's life. What you want to do is know what that relationship is all about. And that's what the book of John explains. It explains how to have a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. And by relationship, you become imbued with his Holy Spirit, comes to live with your spirit. And when God's spirit living within you, you see the truth of his word, but you also see the truth of life. And once you see the truth of life, 
your world than you or lack thereof in your own life. Um, and, yeah. and then you have a choice. Then you know, This is a choice every Christian has to make when they get to that point. Am I going to live life truthfully the way that God would want me to live by emulating the thoughts, actions of Jesus Christ? Or am I going to put that aside and continue to live the white to live the world's way and that's perhaps that's the big cross that every christian has to bear now that i know jesus christ and i know what he wants me to do am i going to do it or am i going to turn my back on him and continue to live the way i've been living yeah that's <clears throat> that's interesting that's a good that's a good perspective and good mind um and so then changing up subject um, do you have like, um, family or like, uh, yeah. Do you have family? Like, are you married or? Sure. I, I'm married. I have uh, three grown sons and three. And do they also do poetry or? Oh, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no poets, no, no writers. Uh, no, I, I, have well, a, I have a, I have a, I have, I have a son and a daughter-in-law who are both teachers Okay. And, uh, my my other sons are all in business. Okay. So with um, so what's your so we're probably going to touch in uh today's um, not today but we're going to try to uh touch in what do you think about schools like not teaching cursive anymore because I know like it's important to uh continue cursive because when you have a check or like any signatures you have to write cursive like what do you think about schools not teaching cursive anymore. Do you think that's a lost thing now, or you know what, Sauce? I can't answer that. I didn't know they had stopped teaching cursive, and um, uh, you know, they choose to teach what they choose to teach or not for for whatever reason. When I was a teacher, you know, I noticed. I know when I was a teacher in middle school, uh, right out of college. Um, new math was the big thing, you know, and, and do we want to go away from basic math and, and go to new math? And what I found being in education as a teacher and an assistant principal was whenever there was a change coming about, should we do phonics or not phonics? You know, should we do new math or not new math? Trying to find a balance of what works for as many children as possible. The pendulum always swings all the way to the extreme, you know, well, let's do math, new math, and we'll teach new math to everybody. And there were a lot of students, children who couldn't understand new math, you know, sets and patterns as opposed to addition, multiplication, division. So it was, yep. let's do the basics or let's do new math, you know, let's do phonics or let's not do phonics. Education has a hard time getting a blend you know, what works for the most children, uh, printing or cursive. As soon as why don't you teach them cursive, then they know, and, you know, then they can apply it. So my, my issue with education when I was a teacher and when I was an administrator and now as a professional writer is you have to have the fundamentals and need to have the basics. And once you've got that, 
then you know you allow growth to happen so the individual can express themselves you know in the best way possible and in the easiest mechanical way possible so should they yeah. teach cursive or not i'm not the one to answer no so speaking of education on, on that standpoint what is your what is your thoughts on because you're an administrator and you were like um, a teacher as well what do you think what are your thoughts of the teachers like retiring at like you have your older teachers like your older generation of teachers retiring like not abruptly but more and more of them are pushing because they just can't handle the pressure of the curriculum that's being pushed down from uh, the federal government what is your thoughts on that well you know p people enter industries and vocations every day and people leave industries and vocations every day. Uh, every person makes their own choices and their own decisions based on what's best for them in their lives or what they believe is best. So, you know, whether or not the government's involved, uh, whether or not involved in parochial schools, say, whether or not the overseers who are funding the schools have a lot to say about what happens or a little bit say, to say about what happens depends on the situation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, teachers come and teachers go. Obviously, according to the news now, we have a teacher shortage, but I'm sure there's a lot of industries that currently have a shortage of employees or potential employees. Um, you know, those are, those are, are big picture scenarios that, um, People don't ask my opinion and, and they're not interested in I'm not well versed enough to answer those kind of Yeah. Well, do you so as we conclude and stuff, where can people find you on like um are you coming out with a new book or are you coming out with something new like new poems coming out and where can they find uh your website at? Or your social sure. media or your Thanks for I'm on, I'm on uh, Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I've got a website. It's just my name, branch, esole.com. I've got a YouTube channel. Same thing. It's my name, branch, esole. Um, that'll take you to my books, my writing, lots of free uh, series, articles, books, eBooks. Uh, I'm the only one. So if you Google my name, branch, like a tree, esole, I-S-O-L-E, It'll bring up all the links and there there's, you know, nobody else. So it goes right to my name. All right. Well, with this in mind, I want to say thank you so much for joining and we will definitely have you back on. And remember guys, remember God loves you and I'll meet you at the finish channel and have a blessed day. Bye.